I'm assuming you're here because either you or someone you love has been diagnosed with cancer. Whatever your situation, I wish I could sit with you and talk about what's been going on for you and your family, to give you love, support, and hope, to find out how you've been coping and help you find the kind of support that's right for you. Unfortunately, I can't do that with everyone. So I'm hoping our conversations through each episode helps you in a small way. Thank you for being part of this community. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to another episode of Cancer, the Easy Life. I have two very special guests on this episode with us, and I am so excited to share this conversation with you. Brittany and Ashton Harvey are the founders of Yellow Threads Company with an absolutely beautiful mission. We first met them through Scrappy, as some of you guys know, her and Lena, um, where she started a conversation with them regarding their company. And I was like, I've got to have them on the podcast. So these two amazing individuals (laughs) are on a mission. And I absolutely love their mission because as some of you guys know, You know, I personally went through the cancer process with my mom, so I saw this happen and I saw the struggle with her um, just with this one particular instance. So I'm just, I, I love the idea. So anyway, so they want to instill hope and confidence into the lives of men, women, and children living with cancer. And like we said, as most of you guys know, one of the challenges that many patients with a port face is the clothes they wear while they receive chemo treatment. And, you know, we can all agree that there aren't too many options out there that would really provide ease and comfort for each patient to, um, you know, receive their treatments and also look cute while they're at it and just be normal, you know, just have some sort of normalcy in the life. So like I said, these two amazing souls came up with a solution and I really want to stop talking because I want these two to start the conversation and just tell you about what their mission is and about the company and just everything. I just want to dig deep, um, about just, you know, what it, what it's like, um, with the cancer patients, what, what the feedback has been and what you guys' mission is. So, Brittany, I want to start with you. Um, I know you're an oncology nurse, and I would love to learn more about what really guided your decision in working with such a delicate community, um, and as well as your story of why you created the clothing line. Yeah, well, thank you so much. That was such a nice intro. Oh, well, I'm saying you're smiling because people kind of get what we're about. Yes. Um, so the amazingness that you are. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been a nurse for over five years. I graduated from my school in 2013 and I started at a new grad program in, um, outside of Chicago in the suburbs. And I actually was placed in the oncology unit. That was kind of where I matched Mm, you. Um, and they said that I had the right personality for it and I didn't really understand what that meant. Uh, I have Um, goosebumps you saying that because I I think I have to agree with that. Okay, go on. Sorry. (laughs) No, but I didn't really understand what that meant until I got into the field and realized that it's a lot of listening, a lot Mm. of 
understanding a hint yeah. of OCD because everything has <laughs> to be very particular. Yeah. Um, so it was a perfect match, I think. Um, but I worked there on night shifts, so I feel like I got a better chance to kind of talk to patients. Mm-hmm. And I really fell in love with um, the chance to be a part of somebody's story when they're going through such a intense change in their lives. A lot of them were new diagnoses who were having kind of a crisis. Um, and that's why they were admitted to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of where I started. Um, fast forwarded a few years later, I've been working in the outpatient setting doing infusions. So chemotherapy with, um, mostly adults. Okay. And We had moved to Minnesota. Ashton and I had moved for his job to Minnesota Mm -hmm. from sunny California. And we were living (laughs) in the Arctic tundra from October through May. And so I just found that there were so many patients who were just so cold because Uh, it's such a cold place to live. But they were wearing like really low V-necks or really thin shirts Mm. because they couldn't find something that would make it easy for them to get their port access that was warm. There wasn't an option out there for them. Mm. Um, And I feel like I didn't really understand until we kind of created this shirt or this brand, but there was an option that could be available to them. It was just something that nobody had taken the time or put the money in to actually develop. Yeah. And so, um, I actually remember sitting down with Ashton when the idea hit me and I'm like, why don't we just like throw this together? Like, would this even work? Is this even possible Mm. that we could take a cold shoulder shirt? That's super cute. Um, chop it at the seam, do some adjustments and see if it would even work. Like would it lower far enough for somebody to be able to get their port access? Mm -hmm. So we ran to target and I pulled out my sewing machine, which I hadn't used and probably had to dust (laughs) it off. And we kind of made a prototype. And I just remember almost shaking. I was so excited Mm. that when I undid the flap that it actually lowered enough that it was modest and it wasn't too low, but it was low enough that it would open up to the chest area that we needed to get access to. Um, So I remember just being so excited. And when I brought in kind of, I showed some of my nurse friends the prototype and they were like, are you kidding me? This is so cool. Like what an awesome idea. It's genius. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, the other thing is most of them were just saying like, how awesome to have an option that's cute and doesn't look medical. Right. That was really the big thing is there's some stuff that's out there right now, but it looks a little bit more medical Mm -hmm. with really obvious zippers Mm -hmm. or they just, they look off like patients I've had maybe in my five years, like two or three patients wear one and they always wore it under a jacket because they Mm -hmm. were like, yeah, I know my wife got it for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. but they didn't want to wear it outright because it looked obviously like altered. Right. So that's where I think after those interactions and then figuring out that there was something we could do that was a lot more discreet, um, we just got really excited mm-hmm. and we had some patients try it on to kind of see like, would this work in a clinical setting? Mm-hmm. And we made some adjustments with our prototypes, but, um, every patient that tried it on was like, this is so awesome. Like we can wear something that looks normal. That's flattering with the shape, the way it's cut. 
a little more loose in the waist area just in case um, there's a lot of patients that have like colostomies um, or different things that they would actually have space in that abdominal area and also still be able to wear something feminine and cute without having all of their secret stuff exposed to everybody. For sure. Wow. I am seriously, as you were talking, I'm not kidding. I had goosebumps because I just feel like you really were in tuned, not only being a nurse, but just a beautiful human being of just seeing the struggle that these patients are already facing. And then like you said, they're embarrassed or they're cold or they're uncomfortable because of the things that they have to wear, even the other products that are out there. You know, it just, they they don't want to have their clothes make them think of them as patients as well, right? It's like, it, it's already hard enough accepting that you are going through treatment and you're you have cancer, right? And then on top of that, being having to wear uncomfortable clothes or being being cold the treatment already and cancer already makes you cold anyway so Mm -hmm. now you have to wear things that you know you have to just kind of wear because you don't really have a choice so I absolutely love this I have to command you guys for truly moving forward with an idea that was like well what if this works what if it doesn't work and (laughs) you know just believing in that Like, what was that like for you guys once, I know you touched on it a little bit, once you came up with the prototype and tried it out and, you know, the next thought was obviously like, oh my God, I think this is going to work. Like, Uh what was that like for you guys to just know that you came, you just created something that's going to be so helpful to everyone? I think... I, I think at the end of the day, it was um, it was something that I, it went back to what we the core of why we even started the the project in the first place. Right. Uh, I know for Brittany and I, when we were working, we spent more time at our jobs than we did with each other. And our initial goal was actually just to find a product that we can sell online. And uh, I remember when Brittany first came up and actually shared her vision with with me mm-hmm. and just some of the struggles that patient, her patients were going through. Right. You know, I remember I was sitting there, I was like, oh my gosh, like we have to do something about that. And I remember I was on the road actually when she first came up with their first prototype and she sent me a video of it and she was like super excited because I'm like, wow, like that actually looks legit. Like I, I think that that looks really awesome. And, um, you know, she spent a a good day, a good day and a half really trying to figure out how to actually make this work because, um, she didn't tell you this, but when we were living in Minneapolis, there was about a good foot of snow when we went, when we walked over to target, Oh my god! <laughs> you know, and it was just so funny because I remember she came home, we talked about the idea and, um, she's like, we got to do this. We got to figure this out. And, uh, literally within that night we went to target, bought wow. you know a couple of first samples. And then when she, uh, when oh, she sent me a message after she altered the shirts, yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty awesome experience because we're like, oh my gosh, like this is a new product that nobody has ever come up with, you know? That's wonderful. And also, I think for me, we sent out a bunch of shirts. Um, we did kind of a hundred shirt giveaway okay. and we had a couple of the recipients post videos on Instagram. Mm. And I remember just being like, if I wasn't in public, I would absolutely be ugly crying right now because <laughs> they are like oh jumping around in their kitchen, oh. like check this out. It's so cool. This is something that like every person that has a port needs. Oh. And I mean, it was just like, 
all the hours, all the money that we put into it, like it was worth it if I made like one person's experience Mm. better. Like if I can encourage somebody, give them dignity, make them feel beautiful or normalize like this crazy situation of what they're going through, then it was worth it. Like a hundred percent of all the efforts and everything, all the resources put into it were worth it to make that person so happy. Amazing. Amazing. You're so absolutely right. That's exactly it is, is being able to just help someone in the most challenging time of their lives. And even if it's just one person, one person that's affected, it's, it's so worth it. I, God, I love you guys' story. I'm seriously just goosebumps everywhere the entire time. So, um, you know, you touched on a little bit about what um, the conversations were like with the patients regarding um, not just a product, but also, you know, just having that in-depth conversation, one-on-one personal conversation about when they're absolutely going through it, you know, like yeah. the the most devastating time of their lives if you can talk a little bit about um kind of you know what are some things that you want to share with our listeners because obviously our community um it's either the parents of a of a child that's going through treatment or adults who have cancer and I feel like sometimes we really connect on um a deeper level with stories and so I really wonder if you can share a couple of stories that would inspire others or that would just really help them understand that they're not alone in their struggles. Yeah. So um, I'm newer to the pediatric world. I'm okay. working in a radiation oncology unit right now, and I feel like I have not been exposed to a whole lot of mm-hmm. the kiddos. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had one kiddo who was coming in for treatment. And I think one of the things that I've tried to really implement in my practice is to give hugs or that like touch Mm. of reassurance. Like this um, little kiddo spoke Spanish. I speak very bad, very bad Spanish. (laughs) But California Spanish, as I call it. (laughs) What's that? California Spanish, as I call it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like being able to walk in and have that mama who's watching her kiddo get their port access and she's just like miserable because she, her kiddo is miserable because they don't want their port access. They don't want to be there. Um, But knowing that this is like a treatment that's helping him, like Mm. after he had like four radiations, he no longer needed pain medication. So it was like, it was really, really, really helping him. It was kind of the process, but being able to go to that mama and just be like, like you're doing a good job. Like, I think Mm. everybody needs to be validated. Like any caregiver, um, needs to know, like you're doing a good job. You're doing the best you can and you're doing what you believe is best for that family member. And like, it's hard. Like, and we recognize that. And that's one of our major things is to be there to support the family as well as the patient, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure, as you know, it's not a single person battle. It's a team. Like one person is battling for their lives and the rest are battling to make sure that person like has what they need battle. Yeah. For sure. sure. I think a lot of it is also just being able to come alongside the patients and value them and let them know that like, we've got your back and Mm. we can, 
Like we'll do whatever it takes. We'll move heaven and earth to make sure that you get the resources you need, but also being aware that like each caregiver has their own needs that we also are trying to meet to be able to say like, we know you're doing a good job. Like even if the person you're taking care of doesn't know that you're doing a good job, like we'll let you know, Yeah. like as a team, everybody is doing the best you can. And that's all we can ask for is to do as much as you can. And just to validate all the efforts that the family members also put in. Right. Cause it's a lot, it's a lot on every patient going through treatment as well as the family members. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's such an important point. Um, because you know, the caregiver, especially if they're parents, and their kid is going through the treatment, there's so much guilt and there's so much anger and there's so much pain, you know, that yeah. they're harboring, that they're carrying with them every single day. And just a simple acknowledgement of I see you and that uh-huh. you're doing an amazing job is such a simple gesture, but so impactful and absolutely important for that individual to hear. So uh-huh. I love that you brought that up. You know, speaking of, of um, like you said, it's, it's a whole family system that's included and doesn't matter who is the patient. What have you noticed within the family system that's been either most healing or most surprising while, you know, the patients go through care? I know for me, it was, I was always there with my mom while she was getting the chemo and sometimes my brother would be there or sometimes my dad would be there. So it was like, she was never alone. So we definitely like that, the hospital that we were at always knew that, okay, the entire crew is about to come in. So like, uh-huh. just let them stay there. <laughs> so what's been your experience with that within the family system that you've seen that's either inspiring or healing um, or something that was just surprising? Something I would say is surprising is I've actually noticed there's quite a few people that come with somebody for like the first time or two, and then they start coming by themselves. And at first you're like, oh no, did something happen? But I've had a lot of women tell me, they're like, well, I'm going to get Benadryl before my treatment. So it's more work for me to stay awake to chat Mm. with somebody. So when I come, they're like, it's like going to the spa. I just kind of lay in my seat. (laughs) I let myself sleep and this is my chance to just kind of rest and relax Mm -hmm. and I don't have to talk to anybody because I'm just getting my infusions. Um, And then afterwards, someone picks them up because they're a little drowsy from their Benadryl and then they go home. So I think um, there's all different types of patients that come through and I think it's, it's important to ask the question like, oh, like, where's your family member? They weren't able to make it. And I've had so many people say, well, it was just a lot of work to stay awake to entertain (laughs) them. Yeah, I can see that. You kind of learn, everybody's, obviously, every regimen's different. Not everybody gets Benadryl, like, night-night medicine before Mm -hmm. they start their (laughs) treatments. But I found that to be really interesting. And also... I think you learn about everybody's different family dynamics based on who's there. And I think it's a good reminder that everybody's family dynamics are different. Um, And all of, none of them are, well, some of them are kind of bad, but (laughs) for the most part, like everybody's are just individualized to 
what their family's dynamic is and that's their dynamic. So, um, they're just used to communicating in the way that they're used to communicating. Um, and it's something that you learn to not judge. You just kind of figure out how can I best support communication amongst this family? Um, but I think that's kind of an interesting thing too. You learn a lot about people in healthcare. Yeah. There's isn't that the truth? So many different types of people. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's fascinating watching everyone. It really is. You, yeah, Every, everything that you ever think of, you've heard of in family systems or dynamics or, you know, just interactions basically comes in into that hospital with them. So they all exist. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You know, one thing as you were talking, um, that kind of crossed my mind, I know we definitely have some single parents or, you know, in my work, when I was working with individuals who were, um, you know, they essentially had about six to 12 months to live. And so our conversation was more about quality of life and end of life discussion. And some uh-huh. of, some of my patients were, um, alone. They had no one. And uh-huh. so kind of, I guess what's you guys' experience with that? Either one of you, if you want to come in with that, how do you, you know, deal with someone who tells you that they have no one to support them and how does that feel for you? It's a good question. I would say in our facilities, I know they work really hard to connect people who need resources to like a social worker. Okay. And actually, I've had a lot of interactions. We have a friend um, named Tamara who actually started up a company. Um, It's a nonprofit called Chemo Buddies. And the whole purpose is it's women who have either gone through treatment or I think men too. But it it pairs you with somebody going through chemos for that specific purpose to let mm. you know that you're not alone. Okay. Um, awesome. so I think there's some really good programs out there yeah. that are being started because people have found and recognized that as being a big barrier and probably, sure. um, something that does not promote healing. Um, yeah, right. And that I think is really cool that people have recognized that and started to put programs in place to be a support for people that are going through treatment. Yeah. Um, and I think one of my favorite things about nursing and being in the infusion center is being able to build those relationships because mm. I don't think that's something that just automatically pops out. I think that's something people tend to keep private for a little while Absolutely. until they feel like they trust whoever is like whatever healthcare worker or a friend or somebody who has like expressed interest in who they are. Yeah. So sometimes it's something that doesn't always come out right away or doesn't come out until they're in kind of a crisis situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I give a lot of props to the social workers who are able to connect resources and um, different community support systems yeah. in place for people who are struggling by themselves yeah. um, and also the different groups that have come up. I think that Chemo Buddies is a really cool support Yeah, that system. is really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you pointed that out. Go ahead, Ashton. It sounded like you, was, you were going to say something. Yeah, I was just, just going to say um, a lot of the times, what, especially with my line of work, I, I try to help people maintain a positive attitude right. through a lot of things. Right. Um, 
And one of the biggest challenges that um, that I see, and, and this kind of goes in every spectrum beyond even just the cancer realm, but just anybody yeah. who's going through tough times, is that um, they feel like they they're going through it alone, and that they're mm-hmm. they're challenged. It's like their challenge to bear on their own, yeah. and so they don't even go around looking for support. And I think one of the big things is um, having a mindset of like if you're going through something, uh, the more open minded you are to wanting to find somebody that that's going to be helping you and supporting you, you're going to find it. It's, it's that whole idea of like you, you, you find whatever you're looking for, Absolutely. you know? And Absolutely. so, um, you know, I, you know, for me, I haven't, you know, a lot of the people that I dealt with on, on my side of the medical side is, is more helping them, um, get back to, uh, recovering back to where they were. So I, I work in orthopedics, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I was dealing with people who, went from being super athletic to, you know, uh, you know, uh, tearing their Achilles and they're not even able to run yeah. anymore, you right. know, right. and having to deal with that mentality of being able to be like going from super healthy to, I can't even move anymore. Right. And then trying to help them through that process back to health again. Um, it, it has always been, I've always told them, Hey, listen, like focus on where you want to go and, and who you need around you. That's going to help you get there. Cause those are the things that are going to be attracted into your life. And, you know, it's so great to see people going from, uh, you know, not being able to walk to mm. getting back on the treadmill, jumping, mm. you know, skipping and doing all those things that, uh, you know, at least in, in my line of work, I, that was super fulfilling. Yeah. And it, it is really all about um, looking for the positives. And when you look for those things, they tend to appear. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Both of you guys just brought up some incredible points. And, you know, I really want to emphasize on what both of you guys said, just it's exactly that is that we need to seek out support as well. And first of all, we're not alone in anything that we do, whether it's mental health, whether it's physical health, anything, any sort of trauma or just tribulations, whatever it's going on in our lives, we're not alone. There's always someone there. And I guarantee you someone else is experiencing the same thing as you are. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's also your responsibility to reach out for people, even if you don't think that anyone else is going to understand you, even if you don't think there's anyone else out there that, that wants to help you still reach out and still believe that there's good and there's love in this world. That's, that's willing to be there for you. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, and, and Ashton, I love the mindset and, and the positivity that you brought up. That's exactly it is, you know, even in my line of work as, as a therapist, as a coach, it's, it it is, it really truly is your mindset. Even if you're going through cancer, um, as a caregiver, as a patient, what, whatever your role is, is believing and, and, you know, keeping onto that hope and remaining positive as much as you can, even if it's just that one little minute in a day, that's a positive moment, hanging on to that moment and really feeling everything good in that moment, you know, and just kind of having that to be the thing that pushes you forward during a day that there isn't a positive moment, maybe, you know, so I I love that you guys brought that up. And I really hope that our listeners are able to just kind of soak that in and just recognize that there's always someone there. um, And and you are you are going through a tremendous time in your life, but you're going to come out stronger and you're going to come out feeling more loved than you ever did before. 
So thank you guys. Yeah. I'm pushed also support groups are huge. And I know Mm -hmm. a lot of the children's Mm -hmm. hospitals have a really good system for support groups. Just, and I know even the Shawnee foundation with, um, the camps, like getting you around other kids who might've gone through similar situations, but especially the children's hospitals also have a really good community of like parents for kids. They really do. Yeah. Going through things as well as the kiddos and same with the adults. I think even asking for those, those resources for support group information, because I guess they say it's kind of like being a part of the club you never wanted to be a part of, but there's other people that have, an unwilling membership as well. And yeah. so they're willing to talk to each other about how they didn't want to be in this club, but what are yeah. we going to do now? Like, how do we move forward? From exactly. Here? Exactly. That's exactly it is that we're here. You know, a lot of things in life happen to us that we really don't, didn't want, right. It just comes mm-hmm. along and it's like, okay, here you go. How are you going to deal with it now? And as much as we're yep. like, screw you. I didn't want this, <laughs> but it's, it's reality. It's like, all right, let me, let me figure out how I'm going to manage it best. And absolutely, you know, and that's exactly it. You, you're absolutely right. The hospitals do a great job at providing support and creating a community, um, for mm-hmm. everyone involved. You know, I, Brittany, I'm wondering if there's anything you like to see different in the cancer community. If there's anything that's come up, obviously you've come up with the most brilliant idea already. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, I wonder if there's anything, whether it's emotional or on the medical side, if you're comfortable speaking on it, um, that you would like to see different in the community. Um, My biggest frustration in the system is just that all of the health records don't talk to each other. Mm. Um, and that might sound silly, but I know that everybody's insurance is different. So some people have to go to offsite places to get scans. And then you have hospital systems that don't talk to each other. Um, I think that would make collaboration of care so much easier if there was like one big electronic health record that we were able to not have to switch back and forth or call offices to get records and this and that. Cause I can only fathom. I've seen it in my job, like the delay of getting that information to start care or to be able to get that information to other specialists. But that I think is one of my biggest things that if we could figure out how to all just get into one system so that there's not 15 different little systems that all don't communicate. I think that would be an awesome change. Yeah. That makes complete (laughs) sense to me. I mean, I have nothing else to add to that. That is just (laughs) as simple as that. Okay. Ashton, what about you? Is there anything that you want to see different, whether it's in the cancer community or just the medical community? Yeah. I think, you know, it's great because, you know, I, I think one of the big things for myself is when I first start, when we first started Yellow Threads, I I really didn't have any firsthand experience with cancer patients, and mm-hmm. I remember um, so vividly just uh, you know I'm, I remember I told Brady I'm like I don't know if I can handle this like because there was such an, an emotional toll on me yeah. because I never had to deal with cancer patients anymore, right. and now 
you know, we're delving into this new uh, this new industry and and trying to support these people and and how do we how do we get to know them so that we can figure out how to best support them, right? And I remember I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so difficult. I'm seeing kids with cancer. I'm like, and it was just a huge mindset shift for me yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, just this whole idea that um, you know these these young kids that are going through so much, you know, what kind of stuff am I going through in my life that can compare mm. to something like that? Yeah. And um, I think one of the big things that in what I'm leading into is the fact that like we need to have a lot more understanding yeah. uh, for what other people are going through because sometimes we we feel like we know what we should say and sometimes it's the wrong thing to say right. <laughs> in, in, in a situation, you know, where, um, you know, I, I remember I... I I just I, I went up to a woman who uh, was wearing she was wearing a, a, a scarf on her head because I knew and I was right by the cancer center so I knew that she was going through treatment mm-hmm. and for me I remember I said that that's a really beautiful scarf like I didn't comment on like if she was going through treatment or anything like that right. but I was like that's a really nice scarf and and we got got to chat and and um, I remember halfway through the conversation I remember I was asking I was like so um, you know obviously we got to the point where. She, uh, she was going through treatment and she was almost done. And I asked her, I'm like, so what's the biggest frustration that, that you face, you know, mm-hmm. when you go out into the world, you know, cause you're not obviously looking like yourself, you know, mm-hmm. um, right. and you're wearing things that you're not um, used to. And, and she said, one of the biggest things is understanding, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want people to just stand there and look at me um, and say, you know, like, it's like, there must be something wrong mm-hmm. with her. I'd rather right. have people come up and talk to me as if I'm a regular person, right. <laughs> you know, Amen. and I Seriously. was like, huh, okay. You know, and that, and that's the mentality that I've gone into a lot of situations. I don't look at people as if like there's something wrong with them. Yeah. Um, if anything, I try to compliment them on something that they're wearing or something that, mm-hmm. you know, that intrigues me. Like I'm, I'm a watch guy. So if I see a guy going mm-hmm. through the, the town, I'll stop you. If you're wearing a watch, no matter if you're going through treatment or not, you know? Yeah. And, um, and that's just something that I felt uh, is super important is just having a good understanding that, you know, this is not like a death sentence. This is more like, this is an inconvenience. That's what I want to look at it as. I'm like, this is an inconvenience that you're going through. Um, and you're just a regular person, just like everybody else. It's just, you have to go to the doctor's office and get some infusions yeah. and, and move and move forward. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was just the mentality that I got from that one interaction. And I was like, okay, you know what? Every interaction that I have with a patient that I even believe is going through kind of any kind of treatment is to, you know, first go in with an understanding mind and not even talk about, you know, you know, what That's treatment awesome. It's kind of like, yeah. Going up to a woman and asking them, "Oh, like is your baby due?" And they're like, <laughs> right. oh, baby. <laughs> You're like, "What baby?" You're like, "Oh, uh, uh, just kidding." <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So, yeah, but that it's... has been something that has also been a big drive for Yellow Threads, and we're still playing around with some of our um, not slogans, but some of our taglines. And mm-hmm. one of them that we are still trying to decide on is define your life by who you are, not your diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like um, that. And that's one of the ones that we're really focused on is yeah. helping people find normalcy and right. such a yeah. shift in normalcy. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's exactly it is that whatever you used to know as normal is no longer valid. And it'll, it'll never be what it used to be ever again. So you have to recreate a new normal for yourself. Right. Um, yeah. And Ashton, I love what you said. It's really about self-reflection as those of us who are not going 
through treatment or any sort of, you know, any anything that's challenging in life, we need to be able to really look back on ourselves and clear out judgments and clear out anything that is not going to serve us or the person that we're interacting with well. You know, it's just recognizing that we're all human beings and we all have a different story we're experiencing. And it is just important just to be humans with one another, just to love each other the way we are and have simple conversations and not stare at someone that's bald or whatever. You know, it's whatever they're going through, just accept them as they are and love them as they are because they're just another human being through another challenging time in their life. So I I appreciate you saying that. Um, You know, Ashton, I really wanted to, uh, you you guys have definitely talked about a lot and I appreciate your candidacy and just being so honest. And um, I can just hear the two of you are such a team together. And so that's what I wanted to ask you, Ashton. Obviously, um, you know, you're your wife's biggest supporter. So how do you provide that love and support when she has a heartbreaking day at work? Because like you said, you know, you hadn't really faced the cancer community um, until you started the Yellow Threads company. But now you have a better understanding of it. And even if before, how do you provide support when it's hard to understand what she's going through? Right. That's, um, it's so funny when, uh, when you started saying that question, the, the first thing that came to my mind was a day that, that Brittany and I had when she came home and she didn't say anything. And mm. usually when she doesn't say anything, there's something wrong. Like she's, mm. she stops talking when she, uh, is like about to, on the verge of, <laughs> when, she's the verge of when she's on the verge of crying. Like that's when, me too. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, so yeah. what's wrong? And then you start thinking about what it is that's wrong and you start crying. That's kind of, that's kind of how, that's yeah. how she is. And so. Um, there was one time where we were living in Minneapolis at the time and she had come home and, um, she was just kind of being distracted and, and, and going, you know, in the kitchen and wrestling around. And, mm. um, and I remember I was like, so is, are you okay? And, uh, she came over and she sat down and she sat up on the other side of the couch for me and just looked me straight in the <laughs> eyes. And she just like, her eyes just started welling up and Aww. I'm like, what happened? You know? And um, she had told me a story about how that day um, she had a, a kid who was 25 years old. Who, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, I forgot how old. 24, 25, and um, he he chose to get put on hospice. And oh, then, goodness. and then she had another patient who came in, and she had stage four breast cancer, God. and she was 28 years old, and wow. and she was just like she was just so heartbroken because. Yeah at the time we were 28, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, yeah. and so it just hit home really hard for her, um, that this person who's 28 years old, her age, um, is now looking at life within the next couple months going to be, yeah, you know, and she's, wow. she's not going to be here. Yeah. And that was the first time that we ever had like a really deep conversation and, it, and where I, I didn't say anything, you know, she just, shared everything with me that Mm. that she was going going through and um you know all I can really I mean all you can really do in those situations is just listen and 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 just be there for them and um you know it's it's a tough situation to go through but at the same time you know like you there, there is nothing you can do except to be there for that other person and just to hold them hug them um, you know, and, and when the time is right, changing, changing the, the, 
the scenario, you know, like getting us out of this, getting us out of the situation of, okay, yes, that was a horrible thing that was, that was going on now. What are we going to do moving forward? You know, what are like, what can we do to push forward? And, um, you know, that may take some time, but I mean, for us, we always want, we've, we made a commitment to ourselves that if we're ever feeling emotional about each other or about life or whatever, Mm -hmm. that we try to get it figured out before we even go to bed. Um, and so, um, that's kind of something that we've always instilled in, in our relationship that it be between the both of us, like I said, or, um, with something that happened that day is that we try to get rid of it and say, Hey, you know what, you know, that happened. It was tough. How are we going to get through it? How are we going to move forward? Once we find a plan, then we're like, okay, now we can go to sleep, you know? Mm. And so, yeah, that's, I mean, for, for me, that was that one moment that stood out when you asked that question. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, you brought up a great point of how important it is just to listen to someone who just needs to talk. You know, a lot of times, and I've said it on other episodes too, is, you know, sometimes people don't need your words. They just need you to listen and just to provide a safe space for them to just let out the burden that's sitting on their heart. Um, and yeah, that's amazing. I, I like, again, like I said, you two sound like a power couple and I absolutely can see you guys taking your company even further um, than what you had originally imagined. So what's your <laughs> mission with this company? Where do you, what's your wildest dream with this? I, I remember there, there was one time when I, I actually shared my wildest dream with, with Brittany and she's like, we never talked about this. <laughs> and, <laughs> I remember we were on a walk and my, my biggest dream is actually to be, become the number one fashion, fashion, fashion line medical like with medical function so Mm. we want to be the number one company beyond even cancer like going into because i I worked in prosthetics for a while and and they have to go through a whole nother challenge when they're getting dressed for for their days and so um develop and one thing that we've really started to see a lot a lot in our industry is that a lot of patients uh you know macgyver their own clothing to <laughs> to mm-hmm. fit their treatment. Yeah, I can so imagine. Our, our biggest goal is really to um, to hit every single market and really create a clothing line, a, cl- a clothing brand that says, "Hey, you're going through stuff. Hey, you can still look normal while you're going through yeah. it. Like you get, we got all these, you know, different lines of clothes and options for you uh, to to wear on your everyday basis. Just like Brittany said in the beginning, to bring a, a sense of normalcy in a time right. of chaos in your life, whatever right. you may be going through." Oh, I love it. That sounds so awesome. I have no doubts that you guys are going to do this. And I know we're going to try to partner up together at the Shawnee Foundation with you guys because I know you're, the theme for the kiddos is superheroes, correct? Yeah. <laughs> we love that. Uh, yeah, we're super That's excited like for that That's like our one. whole motto at Shawnee. So that is so awesome. Yes, we're super excited about that. We're actually in the process right now of um, trying to develop those clothing line for men and kids yeah because uh, right now we only have women and so okay. um, i'm actually wearing one of our our prototypes for the men's shirt right now okay. and we're uh, we're working the, out those little kinks but yeah we're super pumped about the uh superhero costumes for the little guys <laughs> that's gonna be girls, so awesome <laughs> i know we're as soon as you guys get those out we're gonna be having our kiddos wear them especially at camps that we have i can only oh, just sweet. imagine how excited they're gonna be 
So yeah. they'll be rocking, their, <laughs> they'll be rocking their shirts. So it will be cool. I just, you know, with the kids, they're just so pure and so kind and loving still and so playful um, to just have them wear something that represents their inner superhero is going to be really cool to watch and have them share it with one another. Um, uh-huh. I could just imagine just the excitement that they'll have while, <laughs> while representing their gears. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, you yeah. know, I really appreciate you guys' time. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask both of you, you know, what inspires you the most? Mm. You want to go, babe? No, you can go first. You want me to go first? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the biggest things for, for myself is what, what inspires me is that uh, we, we want to make a difference. We want to make a change. We want to make an impact in some sort of way. Um, and you know, for, for us, um, what inspires me is actually being able to work with my wife, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, full time. And like, and that's, and that's really what pushes me to really grow yellow threads is because, um, this is a family business and we are doing this together. And so whenever we get to sit down, even just like this and just hang out with each other and hang out with somebody else and, and do these interviews, like it, it really does, uh, motivate me to, to keep building the business. But, um, you know, and sorry, not but, but and um, really one of our biggest things, and and one of the things that I've really kind of started to cling cling to is uh, making our dollars make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Really trying to find a way to make an impact with the with the um, time and and money that we're get given. You know, and you know we're we're church going people. You know, yeah. so we you know we really our, our biggest thing is we do love giving back. So mm-hmm. um, seeing smiling faces you know, and, and, um, and helping others out really is, it feels, it feels great. It yeah, feels awesome. And, sure. um, so that's really what inspires me. Beautiful. And as far as yellow threads goes, I think what inspires me is knowing that I'm making a difference in somebody's day, mm-hmm. even if it's just with the shirt that they put on, because one of the things that we've seen a lot in our field is that if you if you feel like you look good, you feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to be the, <laughs> yes. true, yeah, right? Like you yeah. have that one shirt you For put on, sure. it's like your power suit. Yep. You put it on and you're like, all right, time mm-hmm. to go kick some butt. <laughs> day. And yeah. I think being able to like bring that confidence to them in their homes or in their everyday life outside of seeing them in the infusion center where I get to be like, okay, how can I support you? How can I help you through this journey? Mm-hmm. Being able to send them home with something that I wear all the time and I love it. So yeah. it's kind of like if I can send them home with something that gives them confidence that on their good day when they want to go to treatment and they want to go have dinner afterwards because they got all those steroids on board, mm-hmm. then they should have something that's not all stretched out from being pulled and tugged to get their board access right. or they can wear something that's normal mm-hmm. out and about and not have to answer questions about what's going on in their personal life. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. I am so grateful for both of you guys being on this episode. I feel like this was such an inspiring conversation and there were so many great points in there that I think our listeners will just be able to hold on to and apply to their lives and just, you know, have them know that there's so much for being with us. I, I'm just so grateful for you. Tell me where people can find you, social media, website, 
you know, what's the next thing coming up for you? Tell us what's next. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, we're so excited. We love meeting new people. Um, so you can find us. Our website is www.yellowthreadsco.com. Okay. And also you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Yellow Threads Co. Um, and we love meeting new people. You know, we, we manage the, the uh, our, our sites, you know, <laughs> personally so we get to actually interact with everybody which is fantastic awesome um, and that's how we met scrappy too yeah <laughs> so um, yeah you can absolutely find us on, on those two platforms awesome. and then, yeah and if anybody has infusion centers that they want to start seeing our shirts at or they have um, questions about how to get their shirts uh get our shirts over to their infusion centers just getting into gift shops or whatnot if you send us a link we'll do our best to try to get into your gift shop and make things a little bit more local to different infusion centers or hospitals wonderful well we will make sure to have you guys' product all over our social media and websites as soon as we <laughs> we partner up together for that i'm so excited um just to see the kids expressions of, of yeah. the superhero clothes that they're gonna wear um again thank you guys so so much for being here truly this was an amazing conversation and you two are so inspiring and just two beautiful souls who found each other to change this world for better so i appreciate you're amazing (laughs) (laughs) i love you (laughs) i love you guys too guys seriously i had goosebumps majority of this conversation so <laughs> Thank you so much again for giving me your time and being on this podcast with us. 